welcome to the Kind Cody podcast. Today I've got the pleasure of being joined by Ellie McGrath of the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. How are you doing today, Ellie? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's uh, it's a dreary grey day, but um, you know we're yeah, Where are you based? Uh, Essex, so South End area, which is oh, it's wow. been. I think in the last day, I think I've experienced every season that this country can throw at me (laughs) yeah honestly I step out the house with my sunglasses an umbrella a scarf yeah and a set of wellies to match yeah and yeah I know what I mean so for anyone that's not aware of you Ellie um tell them about yourself well um so my yeah so my name is Ellie I'm from North London um so I'm 23 and I I guess my mental health advocacy is how I sort of try and bring everything under under an umbrella but I started a podcast just over a year ago now called practice makes progress and obviously the usual saying is practice makes perfect and that is something that I very much wanted myself to be when I was growing up you know I was so hard on myself nothing was ever good enough I would focus on the one percent I didn't get forget all the rest I did and um, I guess as part of my recovery um, I'm kind of learning to get rid of perfection you know say that it doesn't exist and actually progress is much more it's just a much healthier way to kind of manage my mental health look at life and I'm kind of encouraging other people to sort of follow that sort of trend with me so yeah I guess I guess that's sort of been it really and then that's led to amazing things like public speaking and working on some workshops at the moment with teenagers and trained to be a mentor so it's basically I kind of say that everything at the core is sort of I want to look after that teenage me that felt very lost and sort of didn't really know what was going on and I think um if I can sort of yeah help as many people as I can that's sort of the dream I guess. No I, I totally agree and um I mean tell people about your uh, your background in education as well because it is directly in the field as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah so I November just gone so what we're in May now so yeah November last year I finished my master's uh in public mental health at Queen Mary University and that was that wasn't that was amazing because as I said I kind of didn't really know the biggest thing for me in my mental health is I didn't know other people could relate to me uh I thought all these thoughts I had inside my head I was abnormal and I could never share them because no one's ever gonna get it and they'd probably run away from me and then it wasn't a module it wasn't until module my final year of my undergraduate degree which was in politics and philosophy at the University of Birmingham and it was a philosophy module about bodies and beauty. And a big part of my kind of mental health struggles is, I guess, loving myself, liking myself, accepting the way I look, um, you know, not, uh, being okay with being different, all that kind of thing. And um, and it wasn't until this module, and they were talking about, you know, the pressures, particularly on women, to kind of look a certain way, that thin ideal, you know, how it can just completely kind of tear you apart. And I remember just realizing like, oh, wow, this thing that's kind of been eating me up, on the pun um it's kind of it's bigger than me and actually lots of other people um you know uh get it and so that that was amazing and that led me to do my dissertation and kind of in the impact of um instagram usage on like body satisfaction and self-comparison and i think in like one day i did the survey and like over 600 girls filled it out at my uni and it was just like wow we're all kind of sitting at home struggling with this stuff but no one's talking about it and so that gave me a real sense of purpose. And then I was kind of like, wow, I didn't even know this stuff could cross into academia. Then I found my master's and yeah, it's just sort of strengthened, I guess, because I, I didn't realise there were kind of theories for this stuff. Um, <laughs> there's just little on me sort of plodding about wondering why I feel so different. It turns out I'm not that different, but yeah. 
No, I mean, I actually encountered similar things on my degree. So I, I, I did a nutrition degree. So mm. I'm, I'm all there for food puns. Um, yeah. <laughs> Any food puns you want to drop in the podcast, feel free. Uh, but yeah, in my second and third year, I had uh, psychology modules that were obviously because the link between nutrition and psychology is so strong. Mm. I completely understand what you mean in terms of I never thought that these kind of theories would be found in academia but they are there and you'd be surprised how many people that are following that path of academia have actually gone through those struggles themselves and um, almost have it as a, a redemption or somewhat as a an a method to maybe help people go through the same or come through you know the, the things that they've come through so I think it's definitely um you know it's, it's it's a common thing that people um follow in the in in the topic so mm. in your in your podcast obviously you are all about normalizing and verbalizing these topics around um you know mental health but what actually prompted you into starting the podcast um well i mean the listeners who could probably tell already i don't mind talking talking i find fine and uh and it wasn't so basically i had a very uh, difficult time in my second year where again going back to that perfection um things that i don't get right away i kind of tend to ignore and i put it off because it makes me anxious and um that essentially happened in my second year where this the workload stepped up um and i couldn't cope and i didn't know what i was doing i didn't understand it instead of asking for help i just <laughs> mentally imploded and I I just kind of broke down you know I stopped I stopped eating I was sleeping my attendance was poor so I had panic attacks trying to write essays essentially just had you know thankfully the worst I've ever had my housemates were kind of you know they believed the first few I'm fines and then this one they were kind of like no you're really not and I went to see the uni GP and then I got kind of told that moving forward I would do some counselling and that was the kind of first time that I ever said these scary things out loud and that was a huge part I think a turning point I guess because the person you know listening wasn't going to judge me they were an expert in this stuff they probably heard it all before and I realized how much lighter I felt and I put it out there and like the world didn't stop moving and actually I felt better for it and um and that really helped me become like you know get to verbalize and then thankfully I did that before because I then had a year abroad the final the following year where I had two roommates um and you kind of can't not be vulnerable when you're sharing your living space with two people and again it was just like we would say these things and it was met with like me too and this bond that you feel when you can relate to something that someone's been through particularly when it's a really difficult time oh 100 you know what I mean it's just it's language that you suddenly will speak and you get it and actually yeah I that feeling I was like wow and then again with the dissertation I was like we all get this stuff why is nobody saying it and so um <laughs> I nominated myself <laughs> I, I, um no I know there are so many others but I just said you know uh why not and then um you know with the podcast I'm um, sorry the pandemic I guess people had the time to talk and um people wanted to talk and it again it's that connectivity and um yeah so I guess I guess it's it's the um how I learned to verbalize it and be okay with it and putting it out there and actually that vulnerability is sort of infectious and you kind of give up permission <laughs> you give other people permission to do the same no I totally agree uh, I think there's so much value in um, speaking to people just just talking to people about how you're feeling um, and, and it sounds like such a simple um, you know concept in theory you know yeah. like yourself I mean until really the pandemic hit I'd never really taking any of uh, accountability for my mental health and it wasn't until that that hit 
and I was forced into, you know, well, now I've got to speak to my friends on Zoom once a week and say how I'm feeling, you know, that forcing me into those kind of situations kind of, you know, changed my way of thinking in terms of, you know what, I feel so much lighter now having a conversation with my friend saying, this is really crap, you know, this is really crap, I can't do what I want to do. But in doing that, it's kind of changed my way of thinking. So, that, so it's, it's a, a 2020 for me is a, is a difficult, difficult year, because as much as it was the most was hardest year of my life it was also one of the most um revitalizing you know more almost like reinvigorating year where I kind of just reshaped my way of thinking very introspective spent a lot of the year in my head and now it's like oh I like having conversations with this with people you know because you'll know this podcasts are such intimate experiences you know whether you're whether I'm listening to a podcast or whether you're you're hosting a podcast you know, if you go and listen to a podcast, doesn't matter what, you, what you're doing, you could be doing any arduous task, you know, whether you're washing the dishes, whether you're walking the dog or whatever, you're in the room with that person, you know, they're in your ear, you're in the room with that person, it's almost like an intimate experience where you just feel part of that conversation. And when someone's expressing their feelings, or you have the opportunity to listen to someone express their feelings, it's almost just like, you know, it's, it's just a good experience, you know. It's honestly, and it's, it's feeling understood and it's just feeling like you're not alone. And sometimes you don't even know how you, you haven't maybe articulated it yet. So sometimes hearing someone else say it, you think that's it. And you just almost like these pieces fall together and you're right. It's just, um, I don't know. It's just, it always, it just makes you want to do it almost because you just think, mm. wow, that seemed really not necessarily easy. Cause obviously a lot of things that we talk about with mental health have come from a really difficult point, but I'm with you. It's kind of, it's this journey that you go on together and um I think it's really powerful yeah I, I totally agree so speaking of of your journey for example you know I've I, I looked on your website and there was a quote about how you got to a point of being honest with yourself you know honest with who you are and a, a, you know almost having some a, a accountability and acknowledging your struggles how did you stop being that person how did you stop being the person like you said that was always trying to be perfect all the time I guess I mean, like you were saying, in terms of the pandemic kind of forcing you to, to start, these, start having these conversations with your friends, you know, the times I broke down, um, it was almost like I'm actually going to have to not only admit to myself, but other people that I haven't got my, you know, stuff together. And um, so I was kind of forced, really, to start again. But it kind of forced me to, to learn something new and something better, because clearly the way I was living was putting me down this path that was so unhappy and so lonely um so I had to start again and I had to I had to find new ways of coping and um and I think I I, it's really difficult because I almost don't know I think I just um I just tried one day and I don't think I would have gotten through it without you know my support network and my family and my friends but I think what I've always struggled with the most is that relationship with myself and um you know you already said earlier you know you're just there and it's, it's you yourself and I you know you and your thoughts and um I used to quite avoid those times because I was always so negative and always so critical so I I'd say my biggest thing is like brain training I've just had to forgive myself for so much and make my plate like my brain a happier place to be and like do gratitude and sounds really lame but like affirmations I just I've just worked so hard to just not be working against myself so much mm. um, and I think for example the podcast that was so much like validation that I then didn't really need to get it from how I looked or all these other like weird coping mechanisms I 
thought I enjoyed. It was like, wow, actually, no, like my core, like my inner thing, actually, she's not so bad. And people seem to be responding to it. And that that's just helped me heal, I think, my relationship with myself. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, well, it's, like, it's, so <laughs> well, it's the age old saying, isn't it? Everyone's their own harshest critic. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally agree. Uh, giving yourself more um, more slack, so to speak, you know, giving yourself the ability to, you know, not mm-hmm. be perfect all the time. Like that's an incredibly hard skill. And it's just it's uh, finding that balance as to, you know, when you can actually express yourself and not feel guilty in certain ways. And yeah, it's a, it's an incredible journey for someone like like yourself. Like you, you know, like you know, you never get over mental health problems. You know, you always work through them. But how do you make sure that you keep yourself accountable for your mental health? Um, so I love my journal. Um, it's kind of like my little safe space. And uh, definitely beginning of this year, I it's really difficult because. I am getting better at knowing my triggers. I'm getting better. I think I've always been really poor at though, is kind of communicating that. So like, I'll know, <laughs> I won't tell anyone else. So <laughs> I'll know in my head that I'm like having a bad body image day or I feel really anxious, I feel really stressed. Um, but particularly with my family, because I've had to move back home since the pandemic. That's quite a weird one because I almost feel like I've done so much growing and then I've come back to that kind of childhood place. And um, I think that that's probably the biggest battle I've had because I'm still not very good at it. And that's why I want people listening to know, like, yes, I have come on phenomenally from where I was when I was like 14, 15. But there are still some times where my head will say something, my mouth will say something else. Like I'm still learning every single day how to keep myself accountable. And I think what I'm better at doing almost with strangers on the internet is, you know, my podcast page, it's so casual and it's so lovely. But if I don't have the energy to reply that day or whatever else I'll just say you know this is what's going on I'll get back to you ASAP and um even that I'm learning to do and not feel bad about so keeping myself accountable yeah it's it's definitely still a work in progress I don't know how whether you have any <laughs> um it's interesting um you you bring up um you know triggers and things like that it's uh, for me I well you know looking at my life this time last year to now Mm. what I did throughout periods of the year is I you know when I like yourself I had to move back home I moved back home um, to save money in the pandemic you know be there for family just to have a support structure but in doing so it kind of forced me into a situation where I really had to address a lot of lifestyle factors in my life that were almost there and it couldn't get to a point where I couldn't address them anymore so when the pandemic hit last year, this is just speaking about me now, to be honest, it's not, not a very good host, but talking, um, talking about this time last year, you know, I lost my job at the end of furlough and I couldn't go to the gym. I'm a big gym goer. So I replaced that with playing Xbox for eight hours a day, which sounds ridiculous, but I would spend eight hours playing, playing Xbox a day. And I did that for two, three months. And my life just turned into a vacuum where that was everything my life consisted of. So when I moved home, I was like, well, I've got to do something now because what, what, what's actually happening? I was kind of forced into ma- making decisions. So I cut certain things out of my life. I tapered playing Xbox as much, you know, I was just kind of forced into addressing, I don't want to say unhealthy, you know, but like just um, lifestyle factors that weren't the best for me in terms of like, you know, being able to maintain my mental health on a daily basis, you know, but it's a, uh, 
it's it's just it's just a period of uh, like i said last year a period of introspective thinking my my biggest take home of the entire year was just you know as much as i didn't want to be alone with my own thoughts when i did finally let myself be alone with my thoughts it did kind of provide me with some questions in the fact where i was like well i'm not necessarily happy about this and in doing that and getting that data so to speak i could go away and create a plan i could create my next steps i could create you know what i was going to do to get to where i wanted to be you know and you know it didn't happen in a day it's still happening now but it's like you know it's you know it's just it was just a gradual process you know and it just allowed me to work those things out 100 percent. and just to add to that you know it again it's you're right it's the big the thing that i used to fear the most is what i needed to work on the most and actually working on that is now like life's just unrecognizable in terms of that accountability one and you just mentioned it kind of habit so to speak um so growing up I always just drank so much because my family drank a lot and it's always very kind of synonymous with fun and I just think looking back you know it uh when I was struggling I I would probably turn to it um and probably use it more than I should so actually I completely cut that out at the beginning of the year and so it's now been like four months and genuinely I think that's probably been my biggest accountability because again you're facing stuff like you're actually dealing with it head on you're not trying to like distract yourself and um so I would say and this is what I say to the you know the teenagers it's like look at your lifestyle little things like how much water you drink how much sleep you're getting physical activity you're right like how much our time are you spending on your phone speaking with your friends lots of that like can make like little changes can, leads to bigger progress I think so I just wanted to add that on to, to what you'd said no I definitely agree and uh, drawing on the you know as we're talking to the teenagers is there anything that you've learned as you know at your age now like that 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 you could pass on like or or if you could pass on a tip to you know yeah. to your 14 year old self what 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 would be your biggest take like your take home point it's honestly yeah it's so <laughs> difficult because i, I just want to i just want to hug her i really just want to hug her um and I it's really I think my biggest thing is I just always struggle with self-esteem you know I always wanted to do what everyone else is doing I was so preoccupied and I know we kind of said this already it's stopping caring what people are thinking and it's just it's so difficult because that age you just you you have no idea who you are what the world is you feel everything and everything's rubbish and I just want her to just get comfortable with who she is, like like who she is. I yeah. really just work on being kind to herself and let people help and not need to be so independent because it's actually quite lonely. Um, so I wish, yeah, I just, or, oh no, it's too difficult. I just, I get help when she should have gotten help, I think is my biggest one because I'm, you know, making up for it now, like nine years later. Um, and so I think, yeah, just vocalizing it. And um, I don't know, it's a really hard one because I, I still, <laughs> I, I know I said this before we started recording, how to give a concise answer to that. Because I honestly, I have no idea. It's fluid, isn't it? Uh, you, you know, as you said, we, we did speak off camera. So uh, to be completely candid, it, it is a fluid answer. You could give it an answer now that may be different in six months time. And I yeah. think um, what we did both agree on is the fact that, you know, worrying less or caring a little bit less is um is so uplifting you know mm. uh, i know at 14 years old i was paranoid about well not paranoid it's probably a bit strong but i was worried about getting my science homework in at at the time i was worried about being overweight i was worried about what i was going to do after school i was worried about 
you know, getting home to watch The Simpsons, you know, all sorts of random stuff, you know, and things that didn't necessarily matter, you know, and not necessarily matter because that's very... You don't want to like invalidate it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I don't want to look at it like in a binary, like black or white type view, but there are there were so many things that I wasted so much energy on as a young child or young kid, you know, because... Like I said, again, I, I've got a little sister who's 14. I see her, I see a lot of myself in her at that age. And I think, oh, if only you knew, if only you knew. You're doing much better than I was. Let me tell you that, you know, like you're, do, you're doing great. Um, 100%, yeah, oh, I, I agree with you. I think my biggest thing, I was so preoccupied, you know, with just how I looked, it just took over my brain space. And I was just, oh, I didn't let, I didn't actually have, I would say to myself, like, go and have some fun, please. So there's going to come a point where you need to, you know, you're going to have to start worrying about uh, money and, and jobs and responsibilities. So, like, while well, you can, just, like, let go a bit, you know? Don't be afraid to get things wrong. It's really, it's okay. That's how you learn. It's not that you're a rubbish person, that you're never going to... Yeah, I just, just do, just be, and just, like, enjoy it and have fun, you know? I totally agree with you. I think failing is one of the best things you can do in life, you know, uh, genuinely, genuinely in my, in my life, like I've had countless failures, countless failures. And it's throughout those periods that I've learned the most about myself and being able to be like, Oh, you know, okay, I don't like this. So I won't do this again, you know, or learning from the experience just to, you know, kind of better your, your life afterwards. So there's so much value in that so much value. Honestly, be, yeah, have the confidence to get something wrong. Honestly, it, it will change your life. I totally agree. I totally agree. But, you know, as we've spoken a little bit about the pandemic, the last year obviously has been, you know, for, for people, especially people around our age, probably the hardest year people have ever had to go through. How have you managed to, you know, get through the period? What, what have been some of the strategies you've used to, you know, stay on top of your mental health? Uh, I, think the, I think the podcast has been, it's been numero, you know, to be honest with you, because um I'm just constantly talking about it um and I think that's what I went for so many years not doing you know it was not opening up and it was not sharing it was pretending everything was fine so you know my friends and I uh we have a very good kind of open communication they've been great uh exercise has been a huge one for me I mean I've always exercised but I think um it's been it's just it takes me out of my own head and I'm in green space and I'm kind of around things that are kind of still breathing still growing and that kind of reminds me that there's you know there's good in the world still so I would say exercise the podcast um speaking to people like yourself you know just staying in contact and not kind of staying in my room and and, and feeling isolated I would say I would say my two ones and again with the drinking you know it's just kind of realizing what when I'm in a certain mood, you know, what I should and shouldn't be doing. And again, that's the, that's a, a thing in progress, I would say. Yeah. I, I, again, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I've, I've, I feel like it is exactly the same. Um, the benefits of exercise are unfathomable to me. Um, even, I mean, I'm not one, I, I'll be completely honest by the, I was praying for gyms to open. Uh, you know, and, and get back in gyms. Um, I was very much done with my kitchen floor and working out on my kitchen floor. But the it's un, it's just unfathomable the the difference that exercising for thirty minutes a day can actually have on your mental well being. It it because it's 
again it, it obviously it depends what you're doing but for me it's almost like because you again you see the progress like you know when you when you when I first started running to how I'm running now I'm actually doing a running challenge a charity run and it's like I used to struggle to do two like this morning I did seven and it's like you can see and you feel yourself getting stronger and that physical strength helps you mentally because you can go well yeah. if I can do that particularly on the days that you don't want to work out you know that you know the days where they feel, it feels difficult you just don't want to but the feeling you have after for just committing and doing it anyway mm-hmm. you know, that again that shows you that you are capable and I think it's more the like symbolism for me of like exercise I think it helps me with my with my mental health as well plus you feel good in the endorphins and all that kind of thing no i agree um i actually think it helps build uh, mental fortitude as well on <laughs> on on the days when you do i'm a big fan of david goggins i don't know if you know david goggins <laughs> yeah yeah, but, yeah um david goggins is very much uh, he, he he has the practice where you know do one yeah. thing every day that sucks you know when mm-hmm. you do something every day that you don't want to do the mental fortitude and the mental you know like armament that you give yourself mm-hmm. that there just um you know it's just it's it's you can't put words into uh, describe how valuable that is for your for your mental well-being mm-hmm. you were talking about your podcast anyway tell us a little bit more about your podcast where where, where can they find you so it's practice makes progress um on spotify app- Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Facebook page, and whatever else, um, or on the Instagram page. Um, and it's basically, I mean, it started out with me just bugging my friends, going, you know, you went through that really traumatic thing. <laughs> Can you just go it to me? <laughs> but uh, to now, it's just basically people telling their stories, and it's people from all walks of life, all ages, everything, just talking about the time that they face adversity and how they've kind of come through it and um, the lessons that they've learned. And we have covered everything probably under the sun and it's really amazing because you just get to sit and listen to someone and um and yeah I just think I think storytelling is is powerful because um again you put yourself in someone else's shoe for a bit you generate that better understanding that compassion because you know my mental journey cannot speak for everyone's and it's important that we're continuously learning and yeah understanding what it's like to be in someone else's brains the, the battles that they might be having and um yeah no, I agree. And I'll make sure there's a link to um, that in the, in, in, in the description. I would definitely encourage anyone that's listening to this podcast to go and check out the Practice Makes Perfect podcast, because as you can see, Ellie is lovely and she's um, covered herself in glory throughout this, uh, this podcast. But in the meantime, guys, thank you for listening and uh, I'll catch you next time. Thanks for coming on today, I should say, Ellie. That's all right. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.